And on that drive, I got the phone call that he had passed. And from there, you know, just chaos erupted. Welcome to the podcast, another episode of Living Large. Today's guest, we have a five foot one girl. She's a celebrity stylist, Parker Blaine Noriega. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure. I've known you for quite some time. I met you through a mutual friend. Yes, you did. Um, you're from Laguna Beach. Yes, I am. What is it like growing up in Laguna Beach? Chill. One word, chill. What do you do? Hang out at the beach, go surfing. Emerald Bay? Emerald Bay. Do you um, think life growing up in California is much different than for someone like me, maybe Ohio? 100%. I've never been to Ohio, but... I have a lot of friends from there. When you were in high school, did you ever come up to LA and do bad things? Of course I did. I remember going to the Ivy with my friends in high school and they used to give you champagne when you would walk in and we were like 17 years old and we just like, that would, that's like something we'd look forward to every weekend just to go get free champagne there. Do you have a fake ID? No, they never questioned. See, that's the thing. Like I obviously we live in Los Angeles. I always thought like I would never probably start a family here. Just because I would fear that my 16-year-old daughter... Dude, I was at uh, One Oak one time. You remember that place? Of course I do. One Oak so is I was legendary. Talk, I was talking to this girl, and she's like a model. You know how they bring the models out here? They put them in the model apartments. Of course. Classic. Talking to this girl, 17 years old. How old were you at the time? Probably 21. Yeah. But like... Illegal. Obviously, I assume she was 21. She's in the freaking club. Yeah, she's in the club. Like... She's dancing next to Chris Brown. Of yeah, course, you're and, thinking like she's legal. And they're doing cocaine and all these drugs. And I'm like, that is so bad to get yeah. into at such a young age. I remember like being at the clubs at a young age. I was definitely under 21. And you would get a... The promoter would give you one ID and every single girl in the line would pass it back. So that's how all the younger girls, including myself, would get in. That's crazy. I mean, that that's club has been since shut down of course but uh so i want to talk about you you're a celebrity stylist i guess you can say that how did you get into styling um well when i graduated college i didn't know what i wanted to do i went to school for business and when i graduated my mom happened to run into a family friend of mine who happened to be dating a celebrity stylist and this stylist has clients at, um, such as ariana grande bella Gigi hadid normani madeline klein um, the list kind of goes on. She's huge. She's amazing. And she was looking for an assistant and he connected the two of us. We vibed. And then she hired me as her assistant shortly after that. Why do celebrities need a stylist? Why can't you just see that something looks good? Is it really like, is there an eye for it? There's for sure an eye for it. Um, there's a lot that goes behind it. Like every red carpet outfit that you see, every, everything you see, even on TV commercials, um, an ad, everything, there's styling behind all of it. It you, is super important. Do you only do events and like red carpets or do you do like day-to-day as well? And I do day-to-day. Mainly I do day-to-day music videos, touring, festival looks, red carpet sometimes. But that's like, yeah, that's kind of what I do. So explain the day-to-day. Why does a celebrity need a, need a day-to-day person to pick out their outfits? Because sometimes you just want to look good every day. When like, you go to the grocery store, when you... Go to have lunch with a friend. You want to look your best and feel your best. What does that look like for you? Do you go pick clothes and bring them to them and like loan them to them? Or do you go buy stuff and then they take it? Like how does that process work? 
So people really think that it's an easy thing where it's like, oh, I show up with one outfit and put it on you and that's what you're getting. No, it's not like that at all. It takes a lot of preparation um, and a lot of time. So I will go to showrooms and that's technically alone. I will go to showrooms and pool um, all day or I can reach out to them that when they're based like in the UK or New York, whatever, and they'll ship it to me. Or I go personal shopping, um, which is just like all around town. And I end up bringing like six full garment racks of clothes to their mm-hmm. house. And then who knows if they're like want one outfit, then, you know, they have six garment racks to look through. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 50 shoe options, 50 purse options, all the, these different jewelry options. It's like a full process. But when you go to these showrooms, are you paying them or are they just like, hey, we want celebrities to wear our shit? You take it and you like loan it. Loan it. It's, they want celebrities, influencers in their stuff. That's what brands pay showrooms for. Because the did, placements. Okay. And do they have to tag or anything? Or are they just like... Depends on the person, but typically no. Can you finagle some stuff for yourself? Of course. Yeah. Brands do like to see like stylists wrapping their stuff, especially when we like love something. Like for instance, like this page top I love, they sent it to me and I'm very grateful to them. Super cozy. Love their brand. Love their stuff. When celebrities go on the red carpet and do events like that and you see someone wearing this crazy diamond or this crazy watch, are those their personal things or are those loaned? Sometimes it's their personal things like some crazy watch collectors out there. Some celebrities have some crazy watches. Those are definitely personal, but no, like when you see like Selena Gomez was just wearing like Bugari, like that's all alone. Do they keep it or is it just loaned? It's definitely loaned. Like they don't just gift it. I to... mean, I don't work for Selena Gomez, but I'm assuming it's definitely loaned for sure. Yeah, because they're putting like million dollar pieces on yes, some of these are. people. They like tra- like with Bulgari, especially uh, with Bulgari specifically, they have a bodyguard that travels with you where like every move you make, they're behind you. Because it's so expensive. Sh- yes. That's insane. It is insane. I've dealt with like $2 million diamonds before on clients. It's crazy. What does that process look like? Scary. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the process is, you know, you just reach out to the brand or the brand reaches out to you for whatever red carpet event it is. And then, you know, then you decide which diamonds you want to put on your client and then they're off. So I know you've worked with a lot of TikTokers. You work with Nessa Barrett. You work with Jaden Hostler. Um, D'Amelio, Charlie, uh, I've yeah. seen these on your page. Oh, really? Yeah. I you mean, posted I guess, like, them. Yeah. Like, I guess like the D'Amelio's when I was assisting Maeve at the time. Yeah. Okay. But then I was going to say, you've also worked some with some pretty big celebrities. I saw you posted something that you did with Kylie Jenner. Who yeah. are some of the biggest celebrities you've worked with? Um, well, that was like back in the day when I was still assisting. I would say like definitely like the two biggest would be Kylie Jenner and Ariana Grande. Kylie when I was assisting Joel Jacobs and then Ariana when I was assisting Mimi Cottrell. What is that like working with them? Fun. Yeah. Exciting. It's really cool just to see like a lot of your hard work um, and research come to life on these huge celebrities. Um, Yeah. Are they easy to work with? I would say so. I think so. I have nothing bad to say. Do you have any celebrity horror stories? I do, but those are in the vault. They're in the vault? Of course they're in the vault. Can you give an example, but you don't have to say the name of something that's happened? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, risky. Why not? Risky. Come on, we want the drama. Well, the tea is risky. No. Oh, here, I have it in my notes. Kim Petras, Ian Dior, Ava Max, Dove Cameron, Priyanka Chopra, Chopra <laughs> Ariana Grande, Kylie Jenner, D- Jaden Hostler, Charlie D'Amelio. Oh my God, you're a stalker. How do you <laughs> land these people? Do you DM them? Um, they have an well, agent? like I said, some of these people were 
um, when I was assisting. You know, I assisted for like three years before I branched off on my own, before I started getting like pretty busy. Um, I think like with Jaden and Nessa, for instance, when they were just starting their careers, my brother really connected me with them and then we all vibed and then I worked them for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still do here and there, but not like consistently, but like with Kim Petras too, like she's an amazing artist and human and I'm very grateful to have worked with her on my own. Um, which is something I'm very proud of that just came naturally. Yeah. You, you mentioned your brother who recently passed away. He did recently pass away. From a drug, an accidental drug overdose. Yes, he passed about like a year and a half ago now. Um, but that's one thing that I do really want to clear up with everyone. Um, I feel like there's a lot of misconception around his death. So there is a difference between a drug overdose and a fentanyl poisoning. What happened with my brother was that he was poisoned with fentanyl. He went to go buy one anxiety pill from mm -hmm. a trusted source, so he thought. And then this one pill that he took had a literal grain of salt amount of fentanyl in it, which overall led to his death. So he didn't overdose on... The drug he took. On the drug itself, he died because it was laced with fentanyl, which poisoned him and killed him. And it was just a grain of salt? Yes. That's all it takes? That's all it takes. You can't see it. You can't smell it. Um, and literally, it is the, like, I think the number is like 72% of the reason why there are deaths now due to drugs. Is fentanyl. Is fentanyl. How did you find out about his passing? I found out about his passing through my mom who called me that night. And to paint the scene, my friends and I were all like, where is he? Like, where, mm -hmm. like no one's heard from him. Let's check in. And we haven't heard from him for a while. So my friend picked me up and we went driving around. And we were heading to where his location on his phone was. And on that drive, I got the phone call that he had passed. And from there, you know, just chaos erupted all over. What was your reaction? Um, immediately, I was shook. So, like, I was crying, but I was frozen. Like, I, it, it, I couldn't really process what. I had just heard on the phone and what didn't feel real. It didn't feel real because for me, and I feel like a lot of people can feel like can relate to this. You feel invincible as a human. You feel like your loved ones, your parents, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, you feel like everyone that you like love that's close with you is invincible that nothing bad can happen with them. No matter, even if they're like, you know, going through a really bad depressive episode or they're suicidal or they're deep into drugs, whatever the fact may be, you still think that there's no way they can die. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you know, we aren't invincible and we just like can't take life for granted. Um, did you see warning signs beforehand? Was he struggling? Of course. Um, my brother was definitely sick. That's another thing I really want to clear up because in America we're taught that drug addicts and people that struggle with mental health um, are bad. Mm -hmm. we're, we're literally taught that they're bad people and that they're bad influences. And in reality, 
they're just sick. They're sick people. They don't deserve to be treated like poorly. You know, mm-hmm. they're just sick and they really just need help. What started his drug addiction? Because I know, you know, from a young age, he'd always struggled with drug abuse. Yeah. I feel like at the age of like 14 is really when it started when teachers really persuaded my parents to get him to see um, a psychiatrist because back in the day, like that's when like Adderall and like Ativan, like all that stuff really started happening, um, popping up, you know, where to treat your kids from, you know, from being crazy in the classroom, you give them an Adderall pill Mm -hmm. or whatever to like calm them down. But in reality, you know, these pills are like meth pretty Mm -hmm. much and you're not sleeping, you're not eating. And then like you go, and then it just, you know, from that, it just led to like, here's a prescription up for Xanax to like calm that down. And then from there, it just kind of like trickled on, you know, when you're in high school and, you know, young, you're experimenting with like weed and like alcohol. And then over time, it just kind of got worse. And yeah, he just was really sick. Did he ever go to rehab? He was sent to wilderness um, when he was about 17. And a lot of people talk poorly about wilderness, but he actually... wilderness? Wilderness is when in the middle of the night, there's guys that come into your home and they take you i saw this on netflix yeah they take you but um it's like you either get to like behave and fly to your destination or you drive the whole way you have the two options and my brother um was sent there but a lot of people talk poorly about it but my brother loved it like he loved wilderness i think it was the boarding school my family decided to put him in after he didn't like um which I know for a fact, but he liked wilderness a lot. Like he liked being outdoors. He liked learning to cook his own food. He like learned a lot of responsibility. But I think like, you know, you're still at an age of like growing up and to get sober at like such a young age is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, was he a troubled kid? Is that why he got sent there? Or was it because of the drugs? It was because of like the drugs and like the, yeah, the rebellious actions of growing of him growing up. Yeah. Was he upset that he was sent there? initially he was upset but overall he was very grateful for it like he loved it how did your parents hear about this wilderness thing through other parents it's all talk you know of course he's not the only one that's been sent away from Mm -hmm. someone that we've known whatever like a lot of other people was that a hard decision for your parents very what made them do it they couldn't fix him i mean well there's no it's just the final straw i guess who do you think took his death the hardest both my parents. I mean, all of us, uh-huh. but my parents for sure. Like I couldn't imagine like losing someone that I gave like life to. Like my mom birthed my brother, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just a totally different experience. Like she's connected with him like internally in a different way that I'll never know. Mm-hmm. But of course it still fucks us all up. I, I saw even more recently that the two people that dealt the drugs to your brother were arrested. Yes, they were. And no bail is set for them. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you happy about that? I'm very happy about that. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, we're putting a few people away, which I'm very grateful for and feel very blessed for. But it's a bigger issue that we all as, you know, brothers, sisters, friends, loved ones, we all need to really educate ourselves about what's happening in our country right now. Yeah, it's it's a very big drug epidemic yeah i just saw an interview actually today about jelly roll he's an artist he spoke in front of the senate i could be wrong about who he spoke in front of but definitely like in front of a political party and 
spoke about how fentanyl is killing our loved ones every day. And he said 190 people a day, which is the same amount of passengers that you could put on a 767 airplane, mm-hmm. dying a day. So like every five minutes, someone, a loved one, a brother, a sister, a parent, a relative is dying because of fentanyl. So if we all looked at it like there's 190 passengers on a plane and the plane is crashing, there's one huge plane crash a day. Yeah, That is what's happening in America with fentanyl, which is huge. That's a lot of people a day. So if we think about it in that sense, maybe it can open up some people's eyes to really realize how serious this issue is and to stop doing drugs for fun if you don't have like a problem and you're out of party, like just doing drugs. Like it's just not worth it because it's really not about if you're going to die. It's a, it's ne- literally now it's about when you're going to die. It's not a matter about if, it's a matter about when. What is it like to lose a brother? Awful. Mm-hmm. Um... What goes through your head when you get that phone call? Like absolute, well, first I could I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. It was a, the craziest feeling of shock I've ever felt. I felt unreal. And it was definitely the hardest phone call I've ever heard um, or received. And God, I want, like, I never want to experience that ever again. It was awful. And I don't want anyone to experience that either. Awful. And how do you guys cope with that? We talk about it. We like to talk about him and, you know, keep like his discord going, like to continue on with, um, well, we started the Coops Advice Foundation. So that like helps bring us all peace and knowing that like we're trying to actively make an effort to like bring fentanyl awareness to everyone and also like help with people that are still using like you know, get access to Narcan through end overdose, which is another like place we, um, work with closely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we just all, we just try to talk about it, him and, and just try to help others. That's really just what it comes down to. What is the goal? Cause you have after your brother Cooper Mm -hmm. Noriega, you have Coop's advice. What is, talk about that a little bit more. Well, I think one of the goals eventually is to open up a rehabilitation center for younger kids that are struggling with mental health and addiction. That's the main goal. But in the meantime, as we, you know, continue to go on that path, we, yeah, just want to really just bring awareness in to everyone's homes about fentanyl. I think like kids should be educated about this. Like it's a really serious issue. Where can people go to find the information? Online. Instagram. Instagram. Um, there's a lot of amazing, like end of dose is an, an amazing resource. Coop's advice is an amazing resource. And if you just do your research on fentanyl and how it's really killing over 190 people a day is, you know, you should look into that. Have you had anybody reach out to you like fans and whatnot and sharing their stories? Yes, I have. Fans will reach out via like Instagram or I've even like logged in on, logged into the discord a few times and people will just tell like their stories about, just like what they're going through. It's, yeah, it doesn't need to be like someone that they know that has passed. I've had friends or mutual friends whose brothers have passed or family members that have passed that have reached out to me and, you know, we've connected and talked and stuff. But like with me, I'm like, I'm like a hard ass. Like I, mm. I really don't, 
open up my feelings too mm. well. I'm very like, I'm strong, I'm good, I'm great, like keep it trekking. But of course, like I'm the one that like will like cry like by myself and feel what I need to by myself. That's just like kind of how I roll. You speak about by yourself. Um, what, what do you know? Like, I don't, I don't know if you want to share fully like the story and the scope of what happened, but he was by himself as well. Was it, was there any resolve to it? Did you figure out what, what was going on? Why he reached out to that person for the drugs? We, I think it's like, I don't know. I know, but I, I, we haven't really talked about that like online and I don't know if my family would like to speak on that. That's totally fine. Yeah. I'll cut I'm that not out. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know some shit, but I don't know. All right. So growing up in LA, a lot of beautiful people in this town. Give me some stories. Give me some bad dates. Give me some funny ex story. What's the worst date you've ever been on? Oh my God. Wait, actually, I don't even know if I have one. Never had a bad date? I don't think so. How have you not had a bad date? I don't know. I get my food paid for and I got to go home and say, deuces. What is up with this? You know, I heard I heard that girls go on dating apps to get free dinners. Is this I a mean, fact? it's kind of smart. Like, yeah, if you're fucking hungry, like might as well have someone take you out to eat real quick. That's so cruel because us guys over here. No, you just want your nut. Come on, let's be real. Not me. You know, okay, me. well, you're a good guy. Yeah. You're actually like Mark is one of the few that like girls. You should date this man. He's iconic. <laughs> He's iconic. Uh, That's so funny. I mean, a lot of guys want that. I don't know. I'm just older. And obviously, like, yeah, it's fun. But if you're, like, on Raya and you're, like, you know. Well, I don't use dating apps. Well, good for you. When I first moved out here, I got on Tinder. Cute. Like, this was so many years ago, 10 yeah. years ago. So Tinder kind of still worked. Yeah. Now I mean, it a, still does. I don't know. What's the craziest thing an ex has done to you? I have a lot of shit, but I'm going to, like, keep some in the vault. Um... I could just say like one cheated when I was in Mexico throwing my dead brother's ashes in the ocean. That was cool. That was Stop. great. Yeah, that was great. How did you find what? I found out like two months later. That is so cruel. So fucked. Can you give the, the details? What happened? How'd you find out? I had, he was a drummer boy. Okay. And I posted him one time. Mm -hmm. And this one time, I get, of course, a DM right after. Hey, girly. Hey, girly. And us girls know if a girl is yeah. DMing you being like, hey, girly. Oh, you know some shit is wrong. So immediately I open it up like, oh, he was with this girl like the other month or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And... That was it. That was, well, did you confront him? Of course I did. What did he say? Of course he lied. And then, he, of course, he admitted it and was like, she means nothing. Of course. Of course. The classic sob story. Yeah. What drove him to do it? You know what? What drove him to do it? I don't know. That he can't keep his dick in his pants. I yeah. don't know. That's ridiculous. Where do you find this guy? Oh, God. Don't date a drummer. Don't date a drummer. I, oh, some do you know who the girl was? I've never met her in my life, but like... Did she know he was in a relationship with you? These girls don't give a shit. Right? Yeah. These girls out here in LA are savage. Dude. And if like you don't live in LA, mm, it's a here are crazy. It is a brutal ladder climbing world out here. It really is. Everyone just thinks about themselves. They don't care about what their actions and the consequences to those actions. Nope. The impact it has on other people. They just want the best next thing. Literally. Or the next best thing. Yeah. 100%. It's truly insane. Like, 
I mean, I've been out here for 10 years and I've dating has been tough. I know yeah. it is tough out here. Well, like I'm like in a happy relationship now, so I can't like, but before that it is rough. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not the best. Everyone is like so sus. You're very familiar with plastic surgery. <laughs> Am I Mark? So I've heard. You're okay. The- <laughs> you and your friend recently just got your boobs done together. Why? Why? Well, honestly, she came to me and she was like, do you want to get your boobs done with me? And I said, fuck it. Let's do it. (laughs) I was like, sure. I don't know. Like, why not? You didn't even have this thought and your friend just came to you. Hey, you want to get matching boob jobs? I mean, of course, like I had the thought like, you know, I'm five one. I'm like, I had like little boobs. And What, what size cup did you have? Like an A. Oh, really? I'm currently wearing my A bra still. My my nips are flying out of it, <laughs> but like I'm, it's still, it barely works. So how many CCs did you get? Well, I don't know if you're familiar, Mark, but um, 195, which is very small. small. Yeah, small. Like I'm like a barely a B. And what was the recovery process like with that? It was chill. Mine was kind of rough because I had this like bone vein situation, like sticking from like my boob to like my my chest and it hurt so bad and then i like just like had to go the hyperbaric oxygen chamber whatever that's called a few times because i was like in a lot of pain on my left side but my friend juicy she was just chilling she was fine she was fine what made her want to get the boob job i don't know her milkers are fucking great (laughs) they're the best milkers i've ever seen did she get the same as you or did you get no she got a little more she got a little little more more juice Juicy that's, got a little more juice. That's so funny to me because usually like friends are like, let's get matching tattoos. And yeah. you guys are like, let's, let's get, get matching, matching boob jobs. jobs. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say blow jobs. I don't know why. I was like matching blow jobs. Crazy. But matching <laughs> boob jobs. Yeah. Um, I love her titties. Mm-hmm. I love my titties. Do you think you'll ever regret those decisions? Hell no. No? I love it. Like, I think it's the best decision I've honestly made. Like even though I was like not necessarily like super ready, it wasn't something that I was like dying for like. I wasn't like, I need this. This is going to like, I, I feel insecure. Like I was chilling, but the fact that she wanted to do it, I was so down just to do it too. Well, that's good that you didn't do it out of like insecurity. You yeah. just, you just did it to be a supportive friend. Yeah. I was like, fuck it. Let me just drop fucking eight racks real quick and just like get my titties done. That's sure. how much it costs? 8,000? Yeah. Well, if, if you go to Newport. Oh beach. yeah. It's like 15,000 in Los Angeles, I think. Right. Probably, maybe even more. Shout out Tenley Lawton in Newport. Her boobs are amazing. I, I recommend everyone in LA to go drive down to OC. There you go. Go to that lady and get your tits done. Wish I could show y'all. Um, You had a nose job, yeah? Two. Two nose jobs? Yeah. Why two? What happened? Because like no one ever likes the first one. You always need a second one. I guarantee you like half the population with a nose job has gone the second one. What? How old were you when you got a nose job? Now that was something that I really, really wanted. I was like, I saved up. I was like dying for this nose job. Um, that was in 2018. Okay. Summer of 2018. And I remember saving up. I had one more year left of college and I wanted to go into it very confidently. And then I got my second one in 2019. But so happy, supernatural. Shout out Tenley Line in Newport oh, Beach. Same person. Same person. But why do you want to get a nose job? Do you have a, like, was it too big? Was it too? Well, no, it wasn't like too big. I don't even know. I look back on it. Maybe I would have grown into it, but I was, I'm a, I'm half Mexican. Okay. And sometimes Mexican noses like slant down. They like curve down. And so I wanted her up a bit. 
So all she did, like I had no bump. All she did was like shave the bridge like in the slightest bit and flip my nose up in the slightest bit. But nothing and then why did you get it redone? Because I had a ball of scar tissue on the top. Sometimes with, apparently, my doctor said, sometimes with Mexican noses, it doesn't like heal properly or like the scar tissue gets like crazy. So like, whatever. We just went in for a, re- a quick revision and, and now it's like a little smaller. I mean, it looks pretty natural. Do you have any pictures of it before? I mean, are we going to blast this shit on here? Yeah, like I'll I'll find you a before. I'll find you before. And I, I could throw it up course. on so I could see yeah. the before and after. The evidence is not fully deleted. Of course I have pictures. What was the recovery process like with that? Um, I looked crazy. It was with rough. Like, do you have the thing on it's your like, nose? Yeah, your eyes are just like swollen black. I thought that we only swelled up if they had to break your nose. No. I mean, they're touching your nose. Like it's it's a lot. And then you have to like clean it with like a Q-tip in your nose. And, oh, it's just like a mess. Not fun. I never want to do that again. What hurt more, the nose job or the boob job? I don't really remember the nose because it was so long ago now. But the boobs was rough. I could like barely walk, honestly. It was weird. I think because I was like so, my skin was so tight because I barely had anything <laughs> that it was just a little more rough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks natural. You're looking at my like- boobs. Yeah, it looks pretty natural just <laughs> based on the my peripheral vision. <laughs> well, you got them. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I don't even show them off. If you go to my Instagram, like, there's no titty pictures. Yeah, which is what I love about you. You're very, like, I'm very modest. Stylist. Yeah. You're not, like, a hoe on Instagram. Well, thank y'all. What do you think about hoes on Instagram? Do your thing, girl. Yeah. I'm probably liking those pictures. Do you care about someone's past when you're getting in a relationship? I do not. I think... I'm close with my ex mm-hmm. and my current boyfriend has a friendship with his ex and I'm so okay with that. Of course, as long as there's boundaries. Do you think it's okay to be friends with an ex and why would you be friends with an ex? Um, I think under certain circumstances, it's okay. Mm-hmm. For instance, my situation's a little different because my ex and my brother were super close. Um, and at a point like him and I were like not okay but my brother and him always had a relationship so I was just like you do you like I'm not gonna you know tell you what to do and what not to do and then when he started getting really sick at the end toward at the end of his life we came together and we made up and we were like let's do what we can for him like we would always just hang out with him be there for him in any way we could so when he passed my ex was actually the first person I called because they were so close. You know, we were, we dated for so long. Um, I trusted him. I, he was like my confidant at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was great. And since he passed, I have maintained a relationship with him. Uh, my parents have as well. We love him as a person, you know, he's fully in a committed relationship now and I love her. I think she's an amazing person, an amazing person for him. You know, but of course, like there's boundaries. It's not like we're like giving each other a call at 1 a.m. Like, hey, bestie, like what's up? It's like, you know, of course, we'll check in. He's also in the fashion industry. And so I'll ask him his opinion or some advice. And we just keep it very like chill. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not everyone can work like that. or Not everyone has the same circumstances. It really just depends. Did you end bad? We did not end bad. Um, But, you know, we ended and yeah. it always there's always weirdness you know when that happens but we really have figured out a way to be super cool did you meet him through your brother was it your brother's friend or did you meet oh him God, no. and then- my brother was five years younger for, for reference i'm 26 my uh well when my brother passed i was 24 and he was 19 mm-hmm. um so no it wasn't one of my brother's friends um i met this man one 
You know what? I met him at the highlight room. Damn. In Los Angeles at the Dream Hotel. Okay. On a drunken day excursion. Okay. And I remember looking at my friend Nija and I was like, Nye. <laughs> I love how you just say my friend Ni- Nija Houston. Sure. Yes. And I remember looking at him like, Nye, like, who's that skateboarder? And Nija was like, Parker, what? Like, that guy? He's not a skateboarder. I'm like, oh my God, well, he's so cute. And then I fell in love with the side of him. And then, yeah. Then you found out the other side. <laughs> and then I found out the other side <laughs> years later. I'm like, oh God. So then how do you maintain a friendship with someone if you do like, if it didn't work out? Time. Mm-hmm. We, it took a lot of time to be able to be where we are today. Time, mm-hmm. a lot of healing. I'm in a really happy, committed, not open relationship. And he's in a very happy relationship. And I think, you know, we're all good. Were you dating someone when your brother did pass? I was in a situationship okay. that was very toxic. Okay. Yeah. How did this his death impact that in, in your personal life? Well, the guy I was seeing was on tour. He just had left for like a three-month tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't there physically when with me when he passed and like couldn't be there. But he would call me every day and FaceTime me during his sets so that was cool that's cool but but you you mentioned the first person you called when your brother passed was your ex-boyfriend yeah not the current guy you were talking to what made you do that because the current guy at the time it was just so toxic that i knew like we were like for we were off Mm -hmm. at that point or we weren't like fully on but we it just was complicated did you end it with him or did he end it with you the final straw i ended it with him you know what I did? I sent him a message this long and I wrote it in my notes one night after the last straw, after the last thing he could have done to me, I wrote a message this long and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just fucking send it. And like, mm-hmm. I don't care if he reads it or not. Like it's my closure to myself and maybe it, it seems psycho, maybe for sure. Like whatever. I don't give a shit. I needed it for myself. Sent the long message. Was done with it. He didn't respond. He responded like a few weeks later. Oh. But whatever. What was the, can you give us some details of the message? Like Ooh. stuff you included in there? No. No? Too personal? How about no. you screenshot the message, send it to me, and then I'll put it out. Oh, Stop. God. I mean, shit. Was it, was it a sincere message or was it a tacky? Both. Okay. It was both. Um, but I ended up feeling the best I ever felt. And then, you know, like shortly after I met my boyfriend and now I'm the happiest I've ever How'd you been. meet your current boyfriend? Um, I met him through Alex Gascoigne, my bestie. Okay. I don't know if you've ever met her. Yeah, I have. My blonde. Bestie. My friend hooked up with her apparently. I was there for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, he wrote a song about her too. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. All right. So you met. Okay. Anyway, you met your you met your current boyfriend through a mutual friend. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she texted me one night. I happened to be in Laguna. It was like a Saturday night. She was like, I'm going to go out with these people. I was like, oh, we haven't seen them in years. Like, have fun. She was like, I've never seen this guy before. He's here. Oh, my God. You need to meet him. He's so your vibe. Like, I have to set this up. Months go by. I just got off tour from Jaden's tour that mm-hmm. he – we were, like, in Jersey or something. And I had just flown home and landed. And Alex was like, let's go out. We got invited to this dinner. This guy that I want you to meet may or may not be there. And I was like, okay, like, fuck it. Let's go. I'm exhausted. But I was like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I show up. 
course. He's the first person I lock eyes with. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he's hot. And then we eventually get to talking and just vibed. And then I like didn't leave his house for four days. Oh, so you moved quick. Moved quick, but actually didn't move quick. Um, at all. I didn't sleep with him on the first night. I was just going to ask that. I kept it. Did you, did he try? No, he's very respectful. Okay. Were we making out the whole time? Like, hell yeah. And then did you sleep over that night? Yeah, I did. And you didn't do anything? Nope. What did you do when you got back? Just keep making out? Yeah, we just went to bed. I took off my makeup. I don't know. It was so weird. You took off your makeup? Yeah. On the first night? On the first night. That's some confidence right there. I know. But Back you know in what, my like, days of hooking up, if I had a girl sleep over, she would never take off her makeup. Yeah. And then they wake up, the full face of makeup, they look horrible. Well, crusty. Not, yeah, <laughs> I know. Literally. I mean, crusty. You're like, yeah, just take it off. Like, I got makeup wipes. Is that a red flag if a guy has makeup wipes at his house? Uh, Yeah. I'm like thinking like, who the hell has been here? A girl for sure. Like someone comfortable enough to have left those makeup wipes. Yeah. No. Okay. So here's the thing. Back when I lived, I lived in the same apartment complex, but I lived two floors up. And I had an assistant, a female assistant. And I said, go get me things at the store if a girl were to sleep over. So she got makeup wipes. She got tampons. She got hair ties. She got toothbrushes. <laughs> uh, like all of the, like face wash. Like, you know, everything yeah. that a girl would need in her nighttime routine. Yeah. If she were to sleep over. Is that a red flag? I think that's actually very thoughtful, but if I'm a girl like going over to your place for the first time and I'm looking in your bathroom, like all this girl shit, I'm like, oh, he has a girlfriend for sure. It's not like the first thing I'm thinking that you're being like a genuine, nice human being, like letting, like making sure I have all these nice things for when I'm preparing myself for bed. So you wouldn't believe me if I told you what I just told you? If you came over? It's a stretch. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Do girls well, do Well, how that? would I know? Because what if I didn't know you? I'm right. like, how do I trust you? I mean, you? my whole life's online, so it's kind of... I guess, but like, I didn't know you before I met you. I didn't know you online, you know? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that a thing that girls do? Because I always see videos of girls, like, they're like, I'm on this date with this guy. Like, let I'm, me know if you, those ones? They're, yeah, they're going to go in his bathroom to see, yeah. like, what kind of shampoo he uses. Yeah. And, like, well, I don't know. I haven't hooked up with someone, like, random in a while. I remember actually in my, in my boyfriend's house, I did see earrings in one of the drawers and I was like, oh, you know, but it was from a past girl. Then eventually I just threw them away. So hopefully they're not expensive. The new boyfriend? Yeah. This was like the first like night when I was like looking for, I was like, do a face wash. Oh, the first night. Yeah. 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 I was like about to say like, no, 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 not recently. Don't be oblivious. No, 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 no. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Does that bother you? Like, did no, that of course you? he's, of course he's stuck his dick in other women before. I'm not yeah. dumb. Of What's, course he's 32. What, uh, do you care about body count in terms of guys? No. Do you care about body count in terms of girls? Uh, I'd be a hypocrite to say I did. Exactly. Uh, that's the only thing. Like if, if you like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. LA. Like, it, but it doesn't matter. We could, be, we could be in Ohio. It doesn't matter. If sex is sex, it doesn't matter. What type of guy are you into? You're attracted to like I'm attracted fuck to, boys. Uh, I don't know what your current, I don't no. know what your current boyfriend no. looks like. No, I that, typically like I would say yes, but now no. I'm older. I'm grown out of that stage. Um, but I like love a creative. I'm not really into like the finance type of bros. I'm into creatives because I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. I like people that are pursuing something. Yeah, pursuing something that are in music or fashion and just love to just express themselves through creativity. I think it's really hot. Your boyfriend is, what does he do? He's a DJ. Does he make his own music or is he just spin tracks? He makes his own music. 
Okay. Andy's been Strax, of course. Okay. Yes. Are you afraid he's ever going to write a song about you? In a bad way? Does he sing or does he just make He sings. He sings okay. on some of his tracks, yeah. What's he's his good. name? I keep my love life like so private. And I actually respect that. I don't tag I think... him in shit. And also like I've just started somewhat like posting him mm-hmm. like a little bit. But like not really. Like I like to keep it private because we're just so happy that like I just don't feel like I need to put it online. Yeah. Like eventually maybe. But I don't know. I don't give a shit about social media in that sense. Like that's, I think that's a big mistake that I've made. I've let too many people into my life. And then they're curious. Too personal of a level. And then the second I draw back, there's like this like. Well, Mark, like, what, where, what are you doing? Like, you're, yeah, like, where is she? Are you guys dating still? What happened to her? So, I mean, in my future, and I said this after my first relationship, I was like, I'm never gonna post my shit online. But like, I mean, that is one of my love languages. Like, I really do enjoy showcasing my love and broadcasting my love to other people, just so that they can see that love is real and it does exist well then that's so okay but you're also like a creator like in that mm-hmm. sense like that I'm, is, yeah. I'm just a stylist and i just i just do my thing you yeah. know what i mean like people want to see that for you so like good for you well i like what you're doing with the coops advice movement and if you guys want to follow along i'll link everything down below the instagram the discord Thanks. and it's really refreshing to see that you guys are making you're, you're speaking out against fentanyl yeah. And trying to prevent people from doing drugs and resorting to drugs. Yeah. And I want to thank you for coming on and talking to me. Of course. Did you just look to shake my hand? No. Did you think I was going to give you one of the... Hey, hey, put it there. What if I don't want to? Hey, put it there. Thanks for coming on. Damn, you got some nice tats. Oh, thanks. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>